The World Cup Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome everybody to the World Cup Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. I'm coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne, up in the northeast of England. Today is Sunday, December the 4th, and this show is going out for the games that are going to be on Monday, December the 5th. Um, two games in the round of 16 at Qatar 2022. And joining me, as per usual, is Mr. Barry Penaluna. Barry, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I think it sounds like I'm doing a lot better than you are. You sound rough. Do I? Well, I was worried about this. Well, as discussed on the last show, Baz, I was kind of going away for the weekend with the uh, lads and dads weekend. There was a couple of daughters there too. We weren't uh, discriminating. Well, I got the under the under eleven football team and all the dads, so we just booked a big house in the country, sort of nine bedroom job, and then yeah, it was just the lads went all a bit Lord of the Flies. They just looked after themselves, and um, I did. I wasn't too bad, but we did that. First night of holiday thing, where everyone spoiled themselves on Friday, just went absolutely berserk. There was some casualties yesterday morning. Um, so I was relatively sensible yesterday, because I knew I had to get up. And uh, you know I suffer with a hangover, Barry. I'm not very good with a hangover. And I knew I had to A, drive this morning, and B, then come on and do this. Um, but yeah, I can. I think you can probably tell in my voice that Alcohol has been taken on uh, Friday night. But it was good fun. Uh, the Bairns were all good. They enjoyed themselves. Uh, my favourite line of the weekend was um, little Aaron, who's 11, came into the dining room yesterday about lunchtime. I said, Aaron, where's your dad? He said, oh, he's still in bed. He looks like a dead baby. <laughs> so, I have no idea what that means. I didn't look at him. But uh, he looks like a dead baby. It's a nice uh, summation of your, of your old man lying in bed hungover. Um, on the food front, Baz, the, uh, the curry was magnificent. Now, I had faith in the curry. Uh, Friday night, we did the curry, lamb and chicken, karahi. Put a bit of butternut squash in there to pad it out because enough meat for 14 men was an issue. Um, absolutely top class. The chilli... I did okay with the chilli bars. I did what you said. I got the I got a nice bit of Aberdeen Angus, slow cooked that on the Saturday, and then shredded it up. Everything about the chilli was fine, like the consistency. You said the the bit of brisket just gave it that substance and stuff. But I think I'd whacked a whole packet of paprika in, and it still tasted quite raw paprika. -y. You know, I don't think I got the depth of flavour out of it. So it was tasty. Everyone enjoyed it. It got eaten. The bar of dark chocolate went in there at the end. It was all beautiful. But it was just that little bit of raw paprika flavour. It wasn't sort of cooked out. Do you know what I mean? It cooked for a long time as well. So when no one complained, I was it wasn't as good as the curry bars. That was my only issue. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, can't get it all right. One out of two is not bad. 
One out of two, aye. Night and everyone was struggling. They'd have ate anything by that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we'd smash loads of pies in the afternoon in a massive cheese board as well. Well, on the um, food front, in here, I, I was firing up the grill last night, so the barbecue yeah. got lit 11pm last night. Oh, so was Mrs. Woman next door buzzing about that? I've not heard now. It was raining, it was cold. But today we've got uh, the girls under 13s team, similar thing, sort of parents and kids having a bit of a gathering at the bar. Uh, and I've said I'd do pulled pork. So there's been pork on the barbecue since 11 o'clock last night, still going mm. 14 hours in. I'll take that off in an hour's time and uh, take it round and, and feed the 5,000. Oh, that uh, looks, sounds that. tremendous, that, Baz. Um, I need to... Uh, there's one other point of order this morning for you, Baz. The reason why I've been sitting here for half an hour like a tit waiting for you um, is because you went to extra time and penalties this morning and I don't know the score, Baz, so can you, do you want to live reveal what's happened there? Uh, well, so there's two, there's two teams in my house. I've got the under-10s from my youngest daughter, uh, and the under-13 girls for the eldest, and, the, and I coach the under-13s. So the under-13s had a league game today, and I got the message at 9 o'clock this morning from the groundsman, who's a right and fanny. <laughs> 9 o'clock, game cancelled, the pitch is too wet. I said, are you kidding me? He says, yeah. One of the, he sent me a photo of like a one-metre squared part of the pitch in the goal mouth, and said, look, it's too muddy, you can't play on it. Uh, brush it off, good. fork it. Get it forked Honestly. and swept. So every Shine other game at our club, every other game got played this morning, apart from mine. Oh. Uh, and then I have all the parents moaning, saying, you know, it's a winter sport, what we cancel in for, which I, I agree with, but don't moan yeah. at me, it's not my fault. And then I think the uh, I think the other coach, I'd messaged him to say we're cancelled, and then he messaged back saying, Oh, well, some of my parents have been down there this morning and you've got loads of games going on there. I think he thought I was lying. Yeah, Because uh, it was literally one pitch that they ruled out. So, so yeah, yeah my under-13s game was cancelled, which spoils my weekend because I look forward to that all weekend. So, anyway, it did mean I got the opportunity to go watch the little one. So, she plays under-10s football. Um, so, it was a cup game today. Finished 2-2. Um, five minutes of extra time. Didn't see a goal. We hit the post. We hit the ball there. Keep I just... Everything hit her, hit her face. She didn't know nothing about it. We had loads of chances to score and then lost on penalties 3 1. Oh, no. So, uh, disappointing morning in my house. One game cancelled and the other one's out the cup on penalty shootout. No, oh, what a sick now. Uh, out the back of the gaff we were in this weekend, there was, uh, I mean, literally the back in the back of the garden, 20 yards away, was the Northern Alliance um, game halt whistle against Newcastle Blue Star. Uh, Newcastle Blue Star, quite a famous old club, like, used to play up near the airport. Now they've moved down to sort of Scotswood Bank area. Um, I think Kenny Wharton's involved. Um, if there's anyone gets this reference listening to this show, do you remember Kenny Wharton sitting on the ball against Luton Town in 1988? Yeah. He was yeah. a uh, left-back for Newcastle. And Newcastle were hammering Luton 4-0 and the goalkeeper rolled the ball out and he sat on the ball with his chin resting on his hand. Uh, and then the players just kicked shite out of each other for the last 10 minutes. But I think Kenny Wharton's like the director of football down at Newcastle Blue Star. So some of the uh, some of the blokes who weren't too hungover yesterday went and watched Holt Whistle versus Newcastle Blue Star at the end of the garden. Um, I was too cold and, like I say, tired and emotional off the beer, so I never caught any of that. But uh, Good weekend had by all. And then today, obviously, we're about an hour away from kick-off in France Street, Poland, and then we've got England tonight, so... Uh, looking forward to that later on. Got a couple of days worth of uh, bits and bobs to catch up on. We'll do this briefly, Baz. Um, 
Friday, we haven't touched on yet. We've got the, early on, we've got the real wild end into Group H. Um, there's been a couple of these fun endings. Obviously, Spain, uh, the Spain, Japan, Germany, Costa Rica group was one the other night. Uh, but Friday night, uh, South Korea beat Portugal 2-1 uh, to qualify. Uh, the expense of Uruguay mainly. Uruguay needed a third goal um, and couldn't get it against Ghana. But then in that, so you had South Korea hanging on uh, to try and beat Portugal. But then you had Ghana who were going out, um, who were just so determined to stop Uruguay going through after the whole Luis Suarez thing of 2010. Again, missed a penalty. Uh, that was unbelievable. Ghana got the penalty and it was almost like redemption. It was an awful and then, penalty as well, wasn't it? Andre, are you, man? Christ. Doesn't score. We've said at the top, like, him and Jordan are you never, ever score. And yeah, it was a terrible pen. And then Uruguay got ahead. Um, but Ghana, if they were going out of the tournament, they were absolutely taking Uruguay with them. Like uh, They weren't going to let them pass. So that was fun. Uh, Portugal won that group, which was fair enough. Um, I think they probably deserved to. They carried that look a little bit. but And then there was nothing between the other three teams, really. Um, a lot of things like missed penalties. Ghana missed one. Um, you had the dodgy penalty decision for Portugal against Ghana and for Portugal against Uruguay. They got a horrible one as well. And when things are going down to goal difference, um, there wasn't, wasn't much in that at all. Uh, and then on Friday night, Cameroon beat Brazil 1-0. Um, nothing much to take from that, really. Brazil made a loads of changes. Probably still should have won. The highlight of that was the Cameroon bloke getting sent off. Uh, fatigue. Yeah. That was great. When I enjoyed that a lot. I mean, people, um, you can see it's harsh, can't you? Like you can't stop a man celebrating the winning goal against Brazil. Like but when the, I mean, they all know the consequences of taking. Yeah. Your shirt. just stop taking your shirt off. Like you know, you what's do something else. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what it achieves either. The taking off of the shirt. I don't make a new bars. <laughs> Probably not be overly keen to take our shirts off. I mean, I, I am, um, I swim like I have sex with my T-shirt on. I'm not a big fan of getting my shirt off at the best of times. Like, so I imagine that a young athletic man is slightly more inclined to get his kit off. But even then, it's not achieving anything like the taking off yeah. of the shirt. Just, I don't know, run it, do seven really, really good dances if you want. Do anything, do a backflip, do a forward roll, like anything you want, do the Macarena. But it is a little bit weird. So I enjoyed that. Um but the main event in this group really was Switzerland 3, Serbia 2. Again, a uh, uh, topsy-turvy game. Good game, this one. Um, Switzerland ended up on six points. Um, same as Brazil. Brazil went through on goal difference. But yeah, Switzerland beat Cameroon, which uh, the other two teams couldn't do in that group. And Serbia ended up bottom, uh, slightly underwhelming. So have you got any uh, big takeaways from either of those groups finishing bars before we move on to the... Um, the first uh, no, round of really. 16 I mean, games? I would, I would point out that I did tip uh, Switzerland for that group. I know it was a, a tight one uh, to predict, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But one of the, one, you know, when we're doing my wall charts, I did have um, Brazil, Switzerland as the, the forecast for that, six to four, um, which was a good good outcome from that group. Yeah, I think uh, bad gone Brazil, Serbia. Um, I just had Serbia touching off Switzerland, so it was wrong. And then Group H, we know that I've been wrong. That was the one that I, I took Portugal to uh, to not do anything in. Um, and I had Uruguay to win the group. So, yeah, couldn't have been more wrong on that one. I did have South Korea going through in second place, if that counts, um, even though it was behind um, behind 
Portugal and not Uruguay. Um, so, round of 16 yesterday, Bars, Netherlands 3, USA 1. I'd put up the draw here. And I think well, the, the game itself was sort of suited my analysis. The goals going in didn't, which is really what you're trying to achieve here by doing this shit. So, um, as you say, we're on top for 10 minutes, absolutely penned them back. Then the Dutch scored. And then the USA dominated again, right till half time. And then the Dutch scored. Then the USA got back in it. And I thought, oh, we might be back in the game here. Yeah? And then they switched off at the back stick and scored again. I think the big takeaway here was that the Dutch just had slightly more quality, which is what we were concerned about, really. Why the USA could do everything up till the final third. Um, just Depay made a difference. The goalkeeper made a difference. Uh, no newer patting, newer cotton shopping, something like that. Uh, he did okay. Um, and just that little bit of quality. I mean, they scored two identical goals in the first half, the Dutch. And that was just enough. But it was set up for a good finish till that till that third goal went in. So, um, yeah, probably, I don't know, yeah, the, the Dutch edged it on quality, even though I think the USA um, actually played better. They did have a higher expected XG in that game, but um, that's not really how it works. And then Argentina beat Australia 2-1. Argentina were coasting, really. Australia tried hard, but Messi scored. Um, Aussie, uh, Argentina went 2-0 up. And that really looked like it was the end of the game until a huge deflection um, got Australia back into it. And then it set up a real um, grandstand finish. Argentina missed loads of chances on the break. But Australia, the lad, um, had the real mazy run, uh, reminiscent of the, the Saudi Arabian goal from 1994. Um, be two or three men and look like he was going to score and the defender came across with a great tackle and then right at the end the chance fell to our lad uh, Garan Kual the new Newcastle player whose first touch was really good span and hit it um, looked like he sort of just hit it straight at the goalkeeper but when you watch the replay it was a great save it was kind of past yeah. him and it struck it him on the left strike. arm it was a really good strike it took a really strong arm didn't it uh, yeah, yeah. That, going in. that would have been I mean would have been unbelievable if they had scored that there. Because I felt like Argentina just cruised to victory, really, didn't they? They kept them yeah. at arm's length all game. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden, as you say, that, that could have been probably an undeserved equaliser. But, uh, yeah. Cause oh, it was fun. Been... I mean, everyone was shouting and cheering. Like, you shout, shout and cheer for the underdogs. We were all sitting. There was a big cinema room at this gaff we were in. There was sort of 20 of us all squashed in there and all cheering for the equaliser. But yeah, at that point, I was cruising. I took Argentina minus two and I was either cruising to a push, uh, which is a good result as it's been going. But um, no way I was going to lose that bit. You're sort of just waiting for them to catch them on the break and get the third. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was a different game. Like, but Yeah, Aussies have done really well in... They actually were the exact thing I thought they wouldn't be. We said they'd play with a lot of spirit like old Aussie teams or like you associate Australian teams, even if it's in cricket or whatever. They always put a shift in and work. But I just didn't think they had enough quality. But I mean, the, the scores in every game they played, um, they beat Tunisia, they beat Denmark, they, um, they scored first against France, they ultimately got home. So yeah, they had a lot more a lot more character about them uh, than I thought they did. But yeah, ultimately the Netherlands go through uh, to play Argentina, which is the first quarter final that's been fixed up. Um, 
for reasons I'm going to make clear now, I want to touch on uh, how we're going in our um, million pound show picks here, Baz. Um, because although there was another couple of bad picks, my uh, I'm in profit, Barry. I currently have over one million pounds uh, settled transactions settled in the account. We already had, I already had three hundred forty-three thousand seven hundred fifty pounds from the Argentina Poland straight forecast since we last spoke, Baz. Uh, group E is the highest scoring group, twenty-two goals. And exactly like we called it, we said there was a possible couple of thrashings in there. Spain 7, Costa Rica nil helped. And then Germany 4, Costa Rica 2 wasn't really a thrashing, um, but that was well up there. Yeah, 22 goals in that. The nearest rival was 17. So we won that in the Canterbaz. 150,000 at 130, pays 650 grand. So we're delighted with that. And then... See, that takes me, Baz, to 993 grand. So I'm only I'm 6,250 quid short of the million until Qatar is the lowest scoring team. Now, this is a five-way tie, Baz, with um, Tunisia, Denmark, Belgium and Wales, who all only scored one goal. Um, but dead heat rule supply. So a fifth of the stake, Barry, £10,000 at 12 to 1, pays 130 grand. Taking me to one million one hundred twenty-three thousand seven hundred and fifty quid. What about that, Baz? Not bad, not bad. And have you got much still left left running? Mate, I've got three hundred grand on Brazil, and my and maybe other biggie now is um one hundred and fifty thousand on the Netherlands to go out in the quarterfinals at yeah. five to two. That's a well, nail that in your coffin. If that that's the one, that was the one that just looked so. Win the easy group. You then get someone shit out of Group B, the England group, and then you get beat off Argentina. That looked like a penalty kick at five to two. Um, well, I need the same outcome in that game because my big one is Argentina. At the minute, yeah, so yeah. How much does that win you? Result: uh, a million. Okay. So it gets us back in the game. So, I mean, if Argentina knock Netherlands out, that's you in profit. I'm, I'm level pegging with a couple yeah. of things still in the mix, and, and that'll be a. A decent showing for our uh, pre-tournament. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's why we paid the big money, Baz. The uh, a few of them the... didn't go in me million pound one, but we did did pick a few out on the wall chart show pre. So I seem to be doing better from the pre-tournament stuff, to be honest. And, yeah, and... absolutely. But uh, do you know what? I'd struggled to. Obviously, I don't I haven't listened to any other shows. I haven't listened, seen any other picks. But the way these results have been going, um, I'd love to someone to show me their sort of spreadsheet of profit and losses and. Um, get where they've had Japan to win those games, where they've had Cameroon to win those games. Even yesterday, like the clean sheets, um, either Argentina to win the nil didn't happen, the USA got a goal. Everyone's been um, scoring, Morocco winning the group, Japan winning the group. So um, I don't think, although we haven't been setting the world on fire by any stretch, but, uh, and that's not what we're here to do either, really. We're just here to talk some football and tell people what rubbish we'll be betting on. Um I can't imagine there's many people sitting counting their winnings uh, on this one. If you are correct, uh, by all means, that's no. Uh, Simmer's got in touch last night of Simmer's selections fame. So you need, uh, he said, big shout out to Baz. He wants to uh, thank you, Baz, because he laddered something. I can't remember what it was now. Um, he took your half unit on whatever and then sort of split the. It might have been offsides or something in the second game or corners, like we were talking about the corners. 
Um, but he sent me a screenshot of his three or four bits and he'd ladded them up last night and was giving you the credit for that, Baz, so that's okay. Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah, yeah, happy with that. I mean, my Delighted. suggestion uh, for that ladder was the corners in the England game tonight. Um, ah, right, okay. Good shout. Um, uh, but the method works with various things. If you've got so many fancy and... and as I say, it can be a fun way of doing it where you could, you know, each one that comes in just ticks you up a bit further. And, uh, well, it is because it can be one of those things where you get frustrated with yourself if if you think it's going to be comfortably over nine and a half corners and you just take the over and you and then it finishes on 16. You think, oh, I should have I should have teased it high, you know, I should have taken yeah. the handicap, the alternative line, um, that sort of thing. So it's a good way if you've got a strong feeling of uh Split the unit up and winning just a little bit more. Um, okay, we're going to have a look at these games for Monday now. Um, if you're all ready to win money, and boost your odds. Win bet is live in. I won't test you on this today, Baz, because you seem a little bit uh, mentally fragile. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports bet and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Uh, great promos, odds, payouts happening right now. If you're ready to play, sign up to receive that special offer. Bet $100 to win $100. Plenty to choose from. Head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we send you sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. T's and C's at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in this state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you were someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we're going to start Monday's action. The 3 p.m. kickoff is Japan against Croatia. That is 10 a.m. Eastern time. Japan are the 3-1 to one underdogs. Croatia, uh, the draw is at 9-4, uh, plus 2.25. Um, even money for Croatia, plus 100. Um, Japan, I think, have been the story of this tournament so far. Um, really weird group stage, stunning wins over both Spain and Germany. And then somehow lost to Costa Rica in the middle of all that. I checked back on the money line. Um, they were 8-1 to one twice to win those two games against Spain and Germany. I can't imagine that's ever been the case. There might have been a bit of 10-1 to one actually to beat Germany, but they were 8-1 to one to beat Spain. They were a big um, price to qualify, weren't they, in running? When Germany went 1-0 up. You could, oh, of course, huge, yeah. Huge price on Japan at that point to, to qualify from that group. I mean, to be fair, even pre-tournament, they were, well, they were 14-1 to one to win the group um, and 11-4 to four plus 375 uh, just to get out of the group because you did have those two powerhouses in there. Um They've been quite lively on both occasions, on all three games, sorry, the, the, the XG's been fine. They were, they were really quite attacking and aggressive against Germany. Um, the, what struggle, the, the main take I've got from these Japan games is how game script, and it seems a fairly obvious thing that without the ball against Germany and Spain and having to be playing on the counter-attack, they're absolutely fine. That suits them down to the ground. Against Costa Rica, I had no intention of attacking. When they gave Japan the ball and said, come and beat us, Japan couldn't. They didn't have the wherewithal. Like, um, so, But I think this this should be back with game script A, really, tomorrow. Croatia are going to have more of the ball, a little bit possession-based. Japan will just sit, up, sit off them a little bit. 
and they can hit them on the counter. So you need to ride your luck a little bit playing like that. Obviously, Germany could have been two or three up. I think Spain could have done the same um, in the first half the other night before Japan, again, miraculously um, took the lead. We haven't actually talked about this, Baz, um, since Thursday night. Was that ball over the line or not? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't, for me, everyone's got a different, some people say that's in and some people say that's out. And if you if you can't prove it either way, then you just stick with the original decision. The original decision yeah. was that it was out, wasn't it? And the goal shouldn't have Yeah, stood. they did flag it out, like. And then, I mean, you know when, it, when it's inside the goal, we see this sort of, Digital yeah. re of it all, don't you? And it's yeah. always pretty conclusive. Uh, but you don't get that outside of the goal, do you? And I still think it was a little bit of... I don't think... To be fair, from, from what I gather, the Germans weren't making a big deal about it. I think everyone sort of accepts it was very, very close. And yeah. there's a chance it was in, there's a chance it was out. But it seemed a little bit subjective. And then, you know, VAR, VAR decided it was in. Crack on. Yeah, funny one, wasn't it? Um, we have one uh, Japanese lad in our football team who's been away with us this weekend. I met him and his little brother, Leon and Milai. Um, and it's their mum who's Japanese, Asami. And uh, apparently she's been going, she's a very new football supporter uh, and she was going absolutely mad the other night. The boys said they have never seen their mum behave like that in her life. She's quite a staid, sensible person, is Asami. Uh, but she wasn't being sensible the other night. That was fun to watch. And uh, they both had the Japan kits on this weekend, obviously representing with pride. So uh, that was nice to see. So, I mean, they've got no shortage of quality, really. We've seen in this, the USA game we just talked about and Australia, that's kind of what let them down. I think Japan have a little bit more about them. Um, they have a, a few better players who might be able to to find a goal. Um, Croatia were really hard to work out. They do nil-nil with Morocco, which was a nothing game and kind of had the look of an opening tournament game about it where everyone's just feeling the way in. They then stuffed Canada, which we've since learned might not be the form line everyone thought it might be. And then they were se- really second best against Belgium um, in that third game. They drew nil-nil to qualify, really did ride the look at the end. They had a XG of one, but Belgium's XG at the end of that game ended up on 2.67. Uh, Lukaku with the beans on toes, like, then he minged one wide, and then he somehow didn't score from a yard out when he's about six foot four and 19 stone. He couldn't get one bit of him that was firm enough to propel the ball a foot over the line. I've seen someone so say the on that one chance from Lukaku must have been 0.99 or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that counts, alone. <laughs> it counts for a lot of that 2.67. Like, um, so, yeah, 2-0-0 draws and a lopsided win for Croatia means that's a really, um, really head-scratching one. Um, so, trying to make a pick here. Twice Croatia have failed to win against better opposition. Um Twice, Japan have beaten top-class opposition, yeah? Um, I'm going to take, Baz, the draw at 9-4. Again, instinct. Take the Put me correct score down and then kind of walk it back to where I can find a bet. I've got the draw at 9-4, a price of plus 225, which I took from my correct score of 1-1, which is at 6-1. Um I'm thrown in with that Japan all draw on the double chance uh, because Japan keep 
they, they, they're not drawing these games. They're, they're winning them. So Japan all draw is at four to five. Uh, minus 125. And I've got both teams to score, yeah? Um, Japan have been dangerous. They've scored two against Germany. They've scored two against um, Spain. But they haven't kept a clean sheet either in any of those games. So if you want to go both teams to score, that's at a price of even money, Baz, plus 100. Um, so that's kind of my leans on this one. What have you got? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I've, I've struggled a bit, a bit with this game. Um, but I think you could have probably suggested pretty much anything and I would have found it hard to counter it uh, just because I'm not hugely opinionated either way so just sort of looking at the earlier game I've considered a few things I think Japan are a decent value uh, so I don't mind the Japan and draw angle um, I, I mean I'm, I'm expecting Japan to do what they've done in a lot of their early games and sort of try and keep it tight early on. And they always they seem to up the tempo late on in games, don't they? Yeah. Um, I, tempted, the, the draw half-time interested me because I can see it being a nil-nil first half, really tight, cagey affair, and then, then opening it up a, a little bit late on. Um, but the angle I've gone with, I, I've decided to go with second half having the most goals. Nice. Um all of Japan's goals have come in the second half so far. So they obviously they got beat against Costa Rica, uh, but they were one 0 down against Spain. Come back to win two one with two two in the second half, um, and one 0 down in the first half against Germany. Come back to win that one two one, um, which which sort of suggests to me that as I say they're, they're coming out stronger, and you could certainly see a situation where Croatia get ahead in the first half, and then and as you say, Japan will have to come out and, and play a bit more aggressive. So tried this one in one of the earlier games and it went terribly wrong. I, it was the Serbia-Switzerland game. I went for second <laughs> half. Two, two at half time. I was looking for a five-goal second half to get out of jail on that one. Uh, so that went terrible. But I, I feel this one could be a bit better. I mean, um, Croatia, a couple of nil-nils in their games. So, you know, again, slow starts. Um, obviously, there was three goals in that game against Canada. Uh, in that first half, but yeah, give, give me the second half, most goals, six to five. We've uh, found some spectacular ways of losing bets so far this tournament, Baz, that's another good one from you. Um, yeah, I've been looking at that market quite a lot, that's kind of one of my go-to places now, once I look at a game, I'll go and check that first, because I actually gave that out um, for today's game, the, the game that kicks off in about 45 minutes, so we know what happened. Um as in France v Poland, second half at plus 105. And just as we were sitting down here while I was waiting for you, uh, being really late, I don't want to go on about it, but um, I went to put my bet on, so I was just sitting here putting my bets on, and that had shifted into um, four to five, my minus 120. So I don't know if maybe the books are adjusted to that pick as well, but um, it's certainly been one of, the, one of the starting points when I've been analysing something. Uh, so the second game is um, a 7pm kickoff, 2pm Eastern time between Brazil and South Korea, where we have lines of Brazil, one to four short price jollies, minus 400. The draws at nine to two plus 450. South Korea are at 12 to one. Um, Brazil won group 
G, six points. Um, lost to Cameroon, haven't made changes in the last um, in the last group game. South Korea, as we touched on at the top of the show, came out of a wild final uh, match day three in their group, uh, group H, with that 2-1 win over a weakened Portugal side in Uruguay, unable to find an extra goal against Ghana. Um, so South Korea finished second in that group. Brazil topped theirs. Uh, Baz, take us away. Brazil versus South Korea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's tricky, you know, you can be a little bit, I think it's, you've got to try and avoid being skewed too much by those last two games. Cameroon beating Brazil, uh, as much of a surprise as it as it was, because even though Brazil rotated a lot of players uh, and, you know, had a lot of possession, created a lot of chances, it wasn't the Brazil team that we're going to see in this one. So I'm not too concerned by that. Um I think they'll go back to being solid defensively. Um, you know, kept a clean sheet in those first two games. And similar, South Korea, I mean, they only won the one game. That was the last game against Portugal. Um, brilliant result. But again, Portugal were pretty much a shoe out of top of the group there. Rested a f- quite a few players. Um, and, you know, probably played into South Korea's hands a bit. Yep. Before that, you know, they lost to Ghana. Drew in a pretty dour affair against Uruguay in the first game, so I'm I'm not convinced South Korea or uh, I think it's a, a little bit too far for them this one. I, I'm not con- convinced it can be that competitive against Brazil in this game. Uh, I think Brazil will get back to doing what they did, really solid at the back. Um, so I did consider the sort of Brazil win to nil, um, but. I, <laughs> I'm probably going back to, to where I've gone with previous Brazil ones and, and it hasn't always worked out, is the Brazil handicaps or the Brazil goals. And I like Brazil to score three or more. Um, Ghana put three past this South Korea side. Um, they did keep a clean sheet against Uruguay. I think we all agreed Uruguay were garbage in that first game. Um, Brazil to score three or more, 11-8. to eight. It was either that for me or the handicap I'd, I'd considered... With Brazil, off the top of my head, I can't remember what uh, price the handicap was now. It was just short, uh, four to five for Brazil to win by two or more. I think that's a decent bet as well. Um, but I'll take the Brazil to score three or more at, at plus money, six to five. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, fair enough. I was, I was happy to put a line through that Brazil versus Cameroon game, even though uh, we are drawing a line through it. Brazil probably should have scored a few goals before... Cameroon got that late winner. Um, the XG in that one actually Baz, was two point five seven for Brazil, so it's not like they did. Um, they did an awful lot wrong. Uh, before that, they'd beaten Serbia and the Swiss relatively comfortably uh, without being spectacular. Um, and you're right, the manager we have mentioned this. The manager does want to win this by keeping clean sheets. Uh, that's his primary focus. Um, so South Korea uh, lost a wild one against Ghana, three two. Um, when they got back into it and looked like the better team. Drew nil-nil with Uruguay. Um, Uruguay, one of the most underwhelming um, performances of this tournament. And then did OK against Portugal. In fact, did better than OK. Came from came from a goal behind uh, to beat that week in Portugal team. And eventually Son contributed something uh, by setting up that winning goal as well. I wanted to pick all the same kind of things as you, Baz, but having... Looked at the examples yesterday. Yeah, it's a two-game example. It was Netherlands-USA 
and it was Argentina or Australia. Um, but both of the underdogs got on the score sheet. Uh, Australia's was a little bit lucky, but then made chances of their own. Uh, and USA um, were, per- were in that game as much as Netherlands for the majority of it. Uh, so I started off with my correct score, Brazil 2, South Korea 1. Um, so the, the that's sort of six, um, six and a half to one, I think that scoreline might be a bit bigger actually. The, so both teams to score is plus 137 at 11 to 8. But I've put a safety net in here, Baz, for my actual pick, my official pick. And this safety net will take in a scenario where you can win as well. Because it's going to be over two and a half goals at one, um, four to five, uh, minus 120. So that takes in the 3-0 Brazil win. So as much as I've got um, my instinct correct score being Brazil 2, South Korea won, uh, just based on the evidence of those two games yesterday. I'd be interested to see actually how both Portugal and Senegal get on later on today as underdogs. If there's more, um, if they sort of go 2-1, then I might lean back towards the both teams to score. But I'm going to make the official pick the uh, over two and a half goals because that does bring in the 3-0 Brazil win uh, and that cash both for everyone, Baz, so... Um, I could get us both over the line with that one, son. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. Um, and I think that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, has got us to the end of this show. We've recorded this one at a funny time. Like I say, weekends, we know everyone's busy, uh, the the listeners as well as me and Baz. So we're going to get this one out in the next couple of hours. So you'll have 24 hours to get into this before um, Japan-Croatia kicks off. And then we're going to be back this evening. Um, I don't even know why I'm telling you this, because we'll we'll be back this evening before you get a chance to listen. But uh, we're going to live stream this later on with our games for Tuesday. We should be back on track all week in our original time slot. So if you want to join us on Twitter, it'll be 10pm, 5pm uh, Eastern. And the show will be going up a couple of hours after that. Um, as we move in forward to the quarterfinals. So... Uh, Baz, what are you doing the rest of the day? Or are you going to go and uh, take, your, take your pork up to the football? Yeah, so we've got a bit of a catch-up with the football. People, that's four o'clock till seven, which leads nicely into the England game. So then I've just got to decide whether to stay at the football club and watch the watch the England game in there with a bit of atmosphere or, or whether we come home and just watch it with a, yeah. the wife and kids. Um, so, yeah, good afternoon. I'll try and catch as much of that France game as I can. Definitely be watching the England game. And as you say, it'll be good to catch up again later this evening. Having watched that England game, um, I would say we're, we're streaming at 10 o'clock. Yeah, I was going to say it yeah. might be affected by extra time and penalties. Oh, extra time and penalties, aye. Seven, seven o'clock. Um, anyway, if you, so it would be good either way. If you had to have a bet, Baz, uh, which two places am I going to be found between now and the England game kicking off? Uh, I would imagine the sofa or bed. Uh, the bath and bed was the answer. Uh, yeah, I might watch Poland, France in the bath, get the laptop up. Then when that finishes, transform yourself into bed between five and seven and then get up at seven o'clock to watch the football. Sounds what about like that? Plan. Sounds like a plan. Right, everyone, good luck with your bets. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Usual places apply. Um, I will endeavour to be less hungover the next time you hear from me uh, because I'll have been both in the bath and in bed. Uh, cheers, Baz. Thanks, everyone. Good luck with your bets. Uh, until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. 